Promotional consideration for Growing Greater Philadelphia provided by Citizens Bank, Drexel University, and the General Building Contractors Association. This is the Growing Greater Philadelphia podcast, bringing you more of the interviews and stories from the Growing Greater Philadelphia radio program. Now, here is Matt Cabry. Welcome into the next edition of Growing Greater Philadelphia. And we're joined today by Mike DiPiano of New Spring Capital. Mike, welcome. Thank you very much. Good and, to be here. And joining Mike is Matt Gillen of Relay. Matt, it's great to have you back. Thanks for having me again. Absolutely. We want to talk a little bit about New Spring, mm-hmm. but we also want to talk about Relay, and we want to talk about how the two organizations actually work together and have come together. And Mike, I'm going to start with you. And sure. I know that uh, New Spring Capital, headquartered right here in suburban Philadelphia, you're coming up on your 20th anniversary, if I understand that correctly. Shh, not so loud. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us about the seeds that were planted to establish what we today know as New Spring. New Spring was founded by a local community bank, and I was a shareholder of that bank and got involved with purchasing New Spring from the bank almost, again, as you mentioned, 20 years ago. And the idea was really very simple. We wanted to partner with spectacular executives who had dreams and ambitions that were large and grand, and we wanted to be able to support them financially and maybe more importantly, operationally, really be a partner with them. And the original idea, which was a small $90 million pool of capital, was we would do a third sort of growth capital a third would be mezzanine, that is lending some money, and a third would be healthcare. And the idea was if we were successful investing that $90 million pool, we would split each of those thirds into their own separate buckets and support the companies that we either lent money to or invested in with specific domain experience in each of those three categories. And ultimately, that's what we've done. We were able to do that. Was there a problem? Was there a niche that needed to be filled back in 1999 when you guys were getting started saying, you know, let's solve this? Sure. In 1999, there was a little bit of a niche that did grow pretty dramatically with the bursting of the bubble. So for a period of time, there was this hyperinvestment locally with startups. Mm-hmm. A lot of those were in the internet space, internet e-commerce, et cetera. And as quickly as it grew, it just as quickly imploded when the NASDAQ in March of 08 effectively imploded it in March of 08. And drop. And so all of a sudden, that capital mat dried up. People that were investing capital, whether they be angel investors or institutions, either they had spent the institutional capital or they were fearful of investing capital on their own uh, personal you know, balance sheets. And so there was an opportunity to fill that void. Fortunately for New Spring, really luckily, we hadn't invested much capital prior to that bubble bursting. So we were one of the firms that had a fair amount of, relatively speaking, capital available to invest in companies like Matt's first company, which was eCount. Great. And Mike, is that because, you know, would you consider your philosophy as a venture capitalist? I mean, Mm -hmm. I think most folks would agree that Mike DiPiano and New Spring is a successful venture capital entity. Conservative? We are conservative from the perspective that we do believe in downside protection for our investors is quite important, but we want that upside opportunity. And the way we protect ourselves in that regard, Matt, is really finding companies that are real. They're past the phase of invention. They're past the phase of getting their first customers, that they have something real. It's a buried entry that has some substantial legs to it, and they have a significant leader or two on the team. They may not be fully built out as a team. The buried entry may be not perfectly uh, completed, but there's a real beginning phase to it. So if we've invested carefully, and that means we underwrite how much capital the company may need, 
we have a high likelihood that we're the last capital in the transaction if things go as we hope, there's a pretty good chance that we'll at least get our money back. And a better chance, if we bet right, that we can build a really interesting company. E-Count was the first investment I did in that genre. And exactly what I'm saying is what happened. Matt had multiple millions of revenue under management at that time. He was building a real business. He had a real senior team with Paul and himself and some other folks that he brought onto the team. So the real bet was how big could it be? Could we build out that leadership team? Could our capital take the company all the way through to the goal line? And in fact, that's what happened in that first company. So I want to learn more about eCount. And the Matt that Mike is talking about is the Matt Gillen that we uh, introduced a little while ago, who's now leading Relay. And Matt, tell us a little bit about Relay, and then we'll come back and talk about eCount as well. Sure. So Relay is a brand new way for businesses to engage with their customers. So if you really think about what every business is trying to do, they're trying to drive lifetime value and customer satisfaction. And they all know that they need to do that through engagement, but the things that they're using don't work. People don't answer emails, they don't answer their home phones, they really don't have home phones anymore, they don't answer mail to the home, and they're not downloading your apps or going to your websites. How can you engage the customer today? So we came up with this brand new idea, which is with every product and service comes a service feed where you feed relevant information out to me to answer my questions before I even know I have them. And it's changed a lot of customer relationships in banking and home services and healthcare. And the net result is exactly what you'd hoped for. Longer relationships, more profitable relationships, higher customer satisfaction, simply by changing the way you communicate with your customer. And how did you get connected with NewSpring? So as Mike alluded to, back in 19, let's call it 2000, we had bootstrapped a company, my partner Paul Raid and my brother Steve Gillen, and we were on the cutting edge of really some revolutionary technology. We patented a way of email and money from one person to another. We were competing with PayPal, literally PayPal. Wow. And we thought we were going to raise $50 million from a West Coast firm. The marketplace dried up, and we were left to the side of the road. Enter Mike DiPiano in New Spring, who took a chance on a local company. Now, the terms were not what we were hoping for before the bubble burst, but what we got the opportunity to do was to live to see another day, to bring in the capital with a venture group that was going to back us, that was going to help us, guide us even, to you know grow the company. And so that's how we met Mike DiPiano. And the local venture capital came in and saved the local company that would not have seen another day, really. And it it turned out to be one of the great Philadelphia success stories. So the relationship that was established back in 2000 on a separate project called eCounts has grown into a long-term relationship and a business trust that New Spring has established with the Gillen brothers and partners. And along comes in 2013, a a new vision for this digital technology that connects people called Relay. And, uh, And the connection continues. You know, when you build something like Matt built, as a venture capitalist, as an investor, I can't make money at all without leaders like Matt and visionaries and dreamers and people that are taking moonshots. When you practically or you take a step back and look at what they're trying to accomplish and you realize all the things that can go wrong, most people never take the chance. Most people never take the risk. And so my business is all about betting on those individuals that are like Matt. They're just willing to be so passionate, so driven to uh, take the shot. And without them, we don't have a business. I mean, quite frankly. And 
that relationship does get forged. It gets forged when you're making all those little decisions or you're facing all those little problems and you look each other in the eye and you're willing to go to bat for one another when things look pretty bleak. In every case, somewhere along the line, something doesn't look so rosy. And you get to know not only Matt, you get to know Lisa, you get to know the kids, you get to know Marty, his mother, you get to know his father. Mm -hmm. You sort of get to know the whole spiel. I met his brother who now lives in Vietnam and, and more than once, actually a handful of times. And so when Matt came back and said, hey, I'm, I'm going to do Relay, from my perspective, was a no-brainer. We, we need to, to be involved. The difficulty for me at that point in time was we have you know minimum levels of revenue companies need to be in order to take our investment. And those are things we've negotiated with our investors to, to suggest that we are going to invest in companies of only this size and only this type of business. And because this was a scratch startup, we honestly weren't permitted to invest in it per our charter, per our limited partnership agreement. And so being reasonably creative people, we went back and renegotiated right, <laughs> the right, agreement and right. said, we need a carve out yeah, yeah, right, <laughs> right. Uh, for people that we call our serial entrepreneurial program people. And Matt was the first one that we backed. And we've since done a number and they've all been successful. These are folks that we've been able to get behind that had companies that were smaller at the time than we were permitted to invest in. And, but we were still able to to invest in those companies because our limited partners were eager to to be receptive to that creative change. You know, you mentioned something really important and kind of subtle there, though, Mike, that New Spring relies on the creative approach of entrepreneurs and serial entrepreneurs, because sure. without them, you really don't have much don't. to then invest in. So there is this desire to find those kind of gems, and you have to go out and search for them. And That's right. I want to pivot into sure. a discussion around venture capital sure. here in greater Philadelphia and, frankly, across you know the country and elsewhere. Because there is this perception that venture capital specific to the greater Philadelphia community is, for lack of a better term, generally lacking. Mm -hmm. And I'm not sure I agree with that. I've heard some folks who really say that's the case, and I've heard other folks say it's fantastic here. I don't know what you're talking about. And I'd love to get your perspective being a venture capitalist who's actually based here in greater Philadelphia. I hear all the same arguments or comments. And while I've not heavily studied other markets, I'm not sure I buy it either. I, I recently looked. We've done 40 investments in greater Philadelphia area. That's the city or the suburbs mm -hmm. over the last 15 years. So we've deployed maybe 500 to $600 million of capital. We've done another 25 to 30 in the tri-state region. So that would include New Jersey, maybe going a little west of the suburbs, that sort of thing. And by far, if you look at the deals that we've done, and we've been fairly active, one of the more active firms in the country, Still, by far, the vast majority have been done in the tri-state region. And of that, most have been done in the Philadelphia area specifically. Uh, second would be Boston. Third would be New York. So for all of the you know alleged views that Boston and Silicon Valley are bigger, and, and they are by sure. definition, we still invest in those areas. So right. there, are, there are still times where entrepreneurs seek us out and say, we'd rather have your capital than somebody else's capital. Now, having put all that aside, if you compare us to Silicon Valley, New York, Boston. First and foremost, the markets are a, quite a bit older in those sectors. I mean, if you look at venture capital years ago, it started out with angel investors investing. Mm -hmm. They then became more organized. Then they became institutions. Somebody split off, created a fund, et cetera. TA Associates, Sequoia, Kleiner Perkins, et cetera. That occurred 20 years before the first firm did that in Philadelphia. Gotcha. So we are a bit behind in that regard. But when you look at the ingredients of success, that would be technology, 
That would be leadership. That would be cost of living. Can I find employees? That would be young people that are coming out of you know colleges, ready to work. I don't think there's a better place than this area. And quite honestly, many of our companies are moving operations out of New York and out of San Francisco because it's becoming A, unaffordable, and B, the turnover rate with talent has just become too much of a problem and a burden. Yeah. So this area, quite honestly, the Maryland area, Columbia, Maryland, would be another area that would be fertile ground for businesses to be located in. They have great talent, great technology, great cost of living, great places to live. And I think, you know, this area is going to continue to grow and prosper because of that. Absolutely. And, you know, one of the folks that I heard really good things about the venture capital community in greater Philadelphia, not surprisingly, is Matt Gillen. Yeah. Because Matt, in his experience at Relay and prior to Relay, has had very positive reactions from the venture capital community. And Matt, I'd love to hear your perspective on that as well. Well, I love the e-count story. Yeah. So if you want to just look back to something interesting. When we started eCount back in the day, we were younger and we thought you had to go get your money on the West Coast and you had to hire a West Coast attorney and you had to look and feel like all the companies on the West Coast. And the reality was none of them were there when the when they needed you none or them. you needed them. None of them. And so we learned to build a relationship with a local lawyer like a Steve Goodman who passed away mm-hmm. who gave his soul to the companies here and you find people like Mike DiPiano and Glenn Rieger who not only gave you money but would drive over to the office and sit you down now one of the things about New Spring which was people don't know our last company was about bringing money in and putting on debit cards that people could draw down they came in and analyzed our business better than we did they came mm-hmm. up with a way for us to leverage that capital and to a deferred revenue model that I never would have dreamed of. And they came up with that because they cared that much about the business. So, you know, for me, the venture, it's uniquely Philadelphia because of the relationships that are formed. There's a ton of money out there. And when we hired a banker to sell the company, we took a Philadelphia firm. We had a Philadelphia lawyer and we had Philadelphia money behind us. And it made all the difference in times of difficulty. I love the story you just shared because it's really about value. Anybody can write you a check and be supportive financially, but the value that New Spring brought to this transaction and to the company to grow it was something you wouldn't get elsewhere. Well, people always talk about smart money. And so smart money, every venture capitalist says, oh, do you want smart money? How do you differentiate for a hot company who can get their money from anyone? How do you really differentiate? I love doing references for New Spring. Because my first company, we had a Russian hacker, we had an employee die, we had ran out of capital, we had everything that you could have hit a small company. And these guys were there with us around the boardroom, never panicked, and always helped us find a way. So then, you know, when I talk to another entrepreneur, it's pretty easy. Hey, I know that these guys will be there with you. Now, I'll also say, you asked earlier, are they conservative? They're not conservative, but they strike really good terms. Mm. So the other thing I learned from them is structure really good deals and live with those deals. And, and if everyone knows the terms, everyone's happy. One of the things that comes to mind as you were describing the relationship and the interaction is the resiliency of folks in greater Philadelphia mm-hmm. is, you know, the, in our DNA is this kind of calm demeanor of let's get it done and we can work together to deliver on this. And some would argue it goes back to the founding of the country, frankly, but uh, it it sounds like that stands out for you as well. I would be part of that camp. I mean, I think Benjamin Franklin was the greatest innovator 
possibly of all time. Sure. And certainly an inspiration to the region, to me. I have a son named Ben because of Benjamin Franklin. I think that there are dreamers, as Mike talked about here, and there are people that have missions and causes here. And if you have the mission and the cause, you can recruit and you can get capital and you can realize your, your dreams. I love that it's happening here, and it's one of my favorite approaches to describing the uniqueness of Greater Philadelphia. What I often like to say, folks, it's happening right here mm-hmm. in Greater Philadelphia, yeah. whether it's ENIAC from the 1940s with the first computer out of pen or Relay from the 2000s that is transforming how we can communicate with each other and how we can improve health outcomes. And with that, I want to pivot back to Mike DiPiano from New Spring and ask, aside, Mike, from your connection with Matt and your experiences with him prior to Relay, what was it about the Relay kind of concept and idea that caused you and your team to say, wow, this is, this is a no-brainer? Well, there were two parts to it that, to me, and I'm still extraordinarily excited about it. Number one, everything that Matt said about how people communicate today it's with these little devices that our podcast people can't see, but they're probably listening to this at some point on one of them. That's right. It's these phones. There are over 400 million, if I remember correctly, smartphones out there in the country today. I mean, it's an enormous market opportunity. So number one, you start with how big the opportunity is. Secondly, you start with there wasn't anybody else doing it. It was a brilliant but simple you know, opportunity. And then the third issue is to make it work in a grand way, there are a number of variables that have to be connected and built. And if they can be connected, doesn't mean that they will, but if they can be, it creates a massive barrier to entry. Mm-hmm. And there are very few people as creative and as relentless and as passionate and smart as this guy is or his partner, Paul, or his brother, Steve. You know, you put those three folks together, and if it can be done, they're going to figure it out and they're going to make it happen. And if they make it happen, the opportunity is a billion-dollar-plus opportunity. And even if they don't quite get there, it's still going to be a very successful right. opportunity. And the one thing I also wanted to mention about Matt, which is unique to some of the companies here, Matt, and Matt Gillen as opposed to you, Matt. Uh, right. Matt hires a lot of young people. If you go through his shop, you see young, exuberant, really vibrant individuals, all creative, all very personable, looking you right in the eye, you know, taking the hill. And that is what you need to see because what they do, what we all do in these, this venture community, it's hard. Mm-hmm. You need energy. You know, you can't let life get in the way. And most of those folks are either not you know, married yet or they're maybe just starting out, but yeah. they have a lot of time to be purposeful. And yeah. It's a smart way to approach it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And in that spirit, I do want to dive in a little bit to the talent because Greater Philadelphia, frankly, the reality is we have fantastic talent here, even in the tech space hasn't always been the case. And even when it hasn't been the case, we've gotten knocked for not having the talent that everybody uh, thinks we need to have in order to continue to thrive as a region. And I'd love to hear from each of you, your experiences with the talent pool that we have in greater Philadelphia. I have been really, really, really impressed with the talent. So first and foremost, when you historically think about the region, you have in Delaware, very large banks, you have a ton of healthcare professionals, you have historically a number of really large financial services companies in the region. So it's always been known as an area for large business in the greater region. 
then you have, of course, Comcast and Independence Blue Cross and some major players in the city. So they're hiring great talent. We have the schools which are feeding great talent. In the old days, people used to leave, and it used to be the big refrain, well, how can we get people to stay in Philly? Well, now they're staying, and not only that, people are coming from other cities. So from a talent perspective, I think it's never been better. Now, for a company like ours, where we're 50 people, and to Mike's point, you have to be, it's got to be two steps at a time. This is a mission. This is a cause that takes a you know a different type of animal, and we're able to find those. We're able to find those. I took a page out of actually, Mike. You may not remember this, but out of your book, when you used to hire for one of your old companies, we go with young, probably played a sport in college, been on a team, really motivated people that had to get up early, probably worked a job or two, you know, put themselves through college. When you find those types of people. All they have to do is learn the product. All they have to do is learn right. the mission because the rest is already there. And, it, you know, it cuts down on the learning cycle. Yeah, good time management, good team building skills. Yeah, yep. yep. that's yep. great. And I want to build on that and turn to Mike DiPiano because um, in experiences I've had with recruiting, folks from California, Michigan, Atlanta have moved here for different job opportunities. And it's not uncommon for them to share with me, wow, I never realized Greater Philadelphia had all this to offer. This is a fantastic place to live. And they didn't know that. They didn't have that perception from the outside looking in until they actually got here. And you've actually born and raised here but moved away and and came back. So you do have a good perspective of comparing us to other regions of the world. Well, it's interesting you mentioned what you mentioned, Matt. I was at a conference on a board of ACG Global, and one of the other board members and I happened to you know sit down next to each other at lunch, and one thing led to another. We were comparing notes, and he mentioned that he had gone to the Wharton School at one point. And he's raised a family. He lives in North Carolina, and he said, you know, there's no better place that I've ever lived in than the Philadelphia area. And I chuckled, and I said, well, tell me why. And he said, gosh, he said, the city is a great city. It's walkable. It's affordable. You're within an hour, hour and 20 minutes of the beach, so you can get to the ocean. If you like the mountains, you're within an hour, hour and a half of the mountains. And the suburbs are stunningly beautiful. He said you can drive for 30 to 40 miles and not run into a rough area or an area that you're not pleased to be a homeowner in. He said, "I, I just think it's one of the greatest places. Now, when we hire people, or our companies hire people, and it's often the case that they're coming from some other area, the first thing that they're shocked about is how inexpensive it is relative to where they're living. You know, San Francisco, Los Angeles, New York City, it's just nuts. We have people that work in our companies in New York that commute from Center City, Philadelphia, which, by the way, is closer to Manhattan than Brooklyn, New York is, Right, way closer than Connecticut is. So the cost of living here is tremendously different and much more affordable. The whole city vibe is exciting these days. And yeah, just totally. you know, really cool. Yeah. And the burbs are as nice as it gets if you want to move there when you're thinking about raising a family, et cetera. So it's been a great uh, positive when recruiting people. Now, the one negative that I do think still exists, and it's a negative that's maybe a positive, there's so many great corporate jobs in this city. Right. Comcast being one of them, you know, Penn, the city, you know, Urban Outfitters, you name it, SEI. There's just some great companies here. Yep. And they soak up talent uh, yeah. because they're such great places to work for. So in some cases you're competing when we're looking at a senior vice president or a COO 
and somebody's thinking about taking the plunge in a more entrepreneurial environment, often they're being countered by their employers with packages that are fairly stable Mm -hmm. and fairly rewarding, and it can be a challenge. Yeah, Yeah. but I'm glad you mentioned that because one of the things that I've experienced at Select Greater Philadelphia and talking with folks about growing their career and recruiting young people to the city and the region is they're actually looking down the road. So to your point, Mike, they're thinking about, yes, this will be a great job for me to take and come to Philadelphia, but can I grow my career here? Where do I go next in three, five, eight years from now? And they see the opportunity. I kind of capture it that way in a very concise kind of phrase in that it's really about opportunity. And a young person will come here, see the affordability, and see the opportunity to grow their career here Mm -hmm. and and make this their home. Yep. No doubt about it. Yeah. So Matt, Share with us some of the favorite things that stand out for you about Greater Philadelphia. It could be social, it could be professional, it could be a blend. So one of the things that makes Philadelphia incredibly unique is its sports culture. So let's just take basketball, the richness in the history of basketball. So we have this thing called the Big Five here. Right. And it's unique anywhere around the country. And the coaches that have come through here and the way that they've shaped the game of basketball – you know, the passion that people have for their sports teams is really unparalleled. Now, I say unparalleled. You see it in New York. You see it in Boston. But there's something about each city has its own nuance to it. And Philadelphia sports team is a perfect representation of who we are as a city. Even to where they've evolved today as, you know, the Eagles being the Super Bowl champion, the Phillies looking at the data analytics. And mm-hmm. I think they always represent who the city is. And right now it's a sophisticated winning type of feeling and environment that I love about Philadelphia. I think the city, the beauty of the city and the river itself and Boathouse Row, the boulevards lining each side. Right. If you want to have a beautiful drive, get in your car and drive on either side of the Schuylkill River on Kelly Drive and, you know, at any time of day. Yeah. Preferably not traffic time, but, you know, it's it's, totally. it's incredible. Yeah, it And really that's is. when you know Philadelphia is kind of in your blood. Yeah, and you feel it. You get the chills a yep. little bit. Yeah. Yep. But I love your analogy or your comparison to sports because it's even in our sports approach, there's innovation happening. And yeah. people are reinventing how yeah. they approach the game and how they think through. And, you know, currently with the Sixers, it's the process, whatever that may or may not be. But, you know, they're approaching this in a whole new way that, yes. that maybe hasn't been approached uh, like that before. It's innovative. Yeah, that's exactly um, right. Across the, you know, it's innovative with old school. It's, it's a beautiful combination. Yeah. Mike, similar, you know, you're talking with colleagues around the world and, you know, they did learn you're from Philadelphia. Not only are you from Philadelphia, but you're from Philadelphia. Uh, <laughs> and they say, you know, what's up with Philadelphia? And what, what do you tell them about the success that they could accomplish and, and achieve if they chose this as their home as well? So one of the things that we will talk about is the combination of the blue-collar environment with the rich intellectual, you know, group of kids that come in every year, you know, for school. So, yeah. I mean, I don't know how many universities we have in the greater Philadelphia area, but it's quite a few. A little over 100. <laughs> is that yeah. what it is? Mm-hmm. So probably somewhere in the neighborhood of 100,000 population growth occurs every September. Mm-hmm. And they're all young kids who are bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, challenging things, et cetera. I used to have an apartment in the city. I now have a house. But when I had the apartment, I chose to put it near Penn and Drexel because I was very intrigued by how the kids were looking at life, politics, mm-hmm. business, et cetera, and contrasting it, comparing that with the citizens that were rooted here for you know decades or generations mm-hmm. because it really is an interesting dichotomy. And what, what happens is ideas bubble up. Things really occur. Then secondly are the lifestyle issues. And Matt mentioned sports. I 100% agree with him. We've talked about cost of living. We've talked about great universities, great high schools, you know, some of the best public high schools, some of the best private high schools. 
And for those that are into the golfing scene, it is an avid golfing community with mm. literally the best golf courses in the entire world, right. all within 30 miles of one another. Right? You can literally count 10 that anywhere else in the world would be the best golf course in that area. And here you have 10, 15 of them. Yeah. So for those individuals that like that scene, it's a, it's a really robust and Mike, place. And Mike belongs to nine of the 10 at least. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like that. Shortening the list. Exactly. Still trying to perfect the game. Exactly. Yeah, oh, exactly. that'll never happen. Yeah. <laughs> so I want to talk a little bit about what's next for both of you guys. And Matt, I'll kick off with you and, uh, and the team at Relay. What's next for Relay? And where do you see this technology going? Not only for you know the industries that you're supporting, healthcare and right. communications and sure. technology technology, but for the audiences and whether it's regionally, nationally, globally. Yeah. So for Relay, you know, the really, really big vision has been mapping the world's business relationships. And so when you talk about Facebook as mapping your social relationships, no one's gone out there and said, hey, I can map your business relationships. And because I've done that, I can optimize the experience in every single one of those relationships and make it frictionless and easy. It is insanity when you think that every business out there is struggling with the exact same things. And 50% of the things they struggle with is making sure you are who you are. Well, if we know who you are, which we do, we can streamline all of your interactions with as many businesses as possible. So that's our big vision. In healthcare, I think I see a huge opportunity for telemedicine. Once you've established this private secure channel on Relay, being able to communicate with your doctors or bringing the providers in and drawing concentric circles around the member relationship that we've established with someone like Independence Blue Cross, you know, draw those circles and, and start to create a hub or an ecosystem of the businesses in healthcare, banking, home services. So there's a big, big opportunity for us to continue to grow and make lives better because of the way you communicate. And Mike DiPiano, New Spring Capital, what's next for you guys? Sure. You know, we're focusing on two areas. Talent acquisition is the first. How do we continue to build that group of individuals and leaders internally that can find people like Matt over the next 15, 20, 25 years? That's a big push. We've made a lot of inroads in doing it. And then it's the training of those people. Like Matt described internally, I am a big believer in finding people with empathy and passion and intellect and then training everything else. I've had good experiences with that, and we're doing that at New Spring. So that's one of the things that we're focused on. The second is data. How do we use data to find th that rare gem that maybe we didn't know about? Is there a way to use data to do that? And we've been mm -hmm. experimenting with scraping services and trying to figure that out. Mm -hmm. Early signals where somebody's hiring a few people, early signals where they're doing certain things that can be a precursor to an interesting opportunity. And then how do we use data to map out best practices operationally? You know, I still have my view of it, <laughs> you know, how to look at certain accounting measures and different things of that nature, the unit economics. Yep. We're trying to map out each of our companies. We've had 138 investments. And why hmm. were the best the best? Why was Matt's company one of the best, uh, the first one and now the second? It's obviously him, but there's certain things about how the company operated that led to uh, to it doing so well and being so interesting to a buyer. Those are the two things. That's really exciting. And I love both of the, <clears throat> the activities that are happening in your worlds. Clearly, we have two very proud natives <laughs> to Greater Philadelphia and, frankly, two exceptionally successful business leaders from Greater Philadelphia who are doing some amazing things right here in our own community, but also around the country and around the world. And Mike DiPiano from New Spring Capital, Matt Gillen from Relay, thank you both for taking the time out to join us here on Growing Greater Philadelphia. Thank Thanks, you. Matt. Appreciate it. Thanks, Matt. This segment of Growing Greater Philadelphia is brought to us by the Commercial Banking Division of Citizens Bank. 
You know, the Citizens Bank team, they bring practical financial experience and deep industry expertise to each banking relationship. To learn how Citizens can help your company reach its full potential, visit citizensbank.com backslash commercial. And be sure to check out all of our podcasts at radio.com and tune in Friday mornings, 5 a.m. to Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Thanks so much for listening to Growing Greater Philadelphia.